up next on Inside the SECA. Going solo, solo. Welcome to Inside the SECA. I'm Brian Belansky. My guest this weekend, my guest this week, week, weekend, it's all the same, is Edwin Liu. He is an autocrosser from San Diego. Uh, Edwin, San Diego region? Yes, sir. All right. I wasn't sure if you were living in San Diego and part of another region or if you were all in on San Diego region. Welcome to the show. How are you? you. Thank you. Excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. So... Um, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, hopefully people have seen the little slide, slide I put up, um, uh, to get us, uh, the promo slide that shows your, uh, first of all, you, you, you autocross one of the most badass cars out there. Um, and, and that alone is pretty darn cool. But, um, uh, but the way you get back and forth to the track is is even even more cool uh it's um and, and i don't know how how you do it but actually i do know how you do it and it's really cool and that's why we're going <laughs> to talk about it so um yeah so you have an nsx acura what year is it it's a 1991 okay a 1991 uh it is it's a ton of fun it's it's jet black and um fast as can be and and every time i see you on social media you're doing something to it changing springs doing this or that um but what caught my, caught me off guard or caught my eye more than anything else is we were at uh, at the uh, at an autocross at lake elsinore which is one of the more mm-hmm. popular spots down here in southern california for us to do this stuff um a cool little area and uh you've got your you've got your your nsx there you were already there when i arrived um and behind your car was enormous amount of stuff and <laughs> yeah. all day long i was trying to figure out was did you have a friend who went out with the truck to go get lunch and never came back um because i could not imagine that there was any other way you could get this stuff to <laughs> to the racetrack <laughs> in nsx and i say that because i stuffed all of my stuff into a honda fit and had probably about the same amount of stuff as you did and I had a hard right, time right. figuring out how to get into a Honda Fit, and I got a whole hatchback with all this room in the back. Um, I mean, a Honda Fit is basically a clown car, right? There's it, an alternate dimension where all the stuff goes. It's a, <laughs> it, it could take a shocking amount of stuff in it, um, and and I thought it was full, but um, uh, so so you had the, ha, have the system to get your stuff to the car to to the track, and and tell me how you, I mean, you didn't start with that. When no. you, when you did you do did you autocross before the NSX? Yes. Okay. So I've been autocrossing since I want to say 2008 thereabouts. Right. So I've been in the game a little while. Um started in old Honda Civics. Okay. Um spent a few years in in shifter carts, okay. which was quite quite a jump from Honda Civics to shifter carts. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Um, and that, that's really where I got kind of sucked into the national scene. There was a group of us in the, the Washington, D.C. region where I started. Oh, really? Um, okay. We're just, we were going to, you know, any event within five, six hour drives, went to nationals together. It was just a whole band of crazy people, right? So that that really got me sucked into the sport really deeply. It's, cr- um, it's once you get in, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, you're so screwed. <laughs> It really is. It really is. I mean, it's a slippery slope, right? First, you start thinking about a second set of wheels and tires, right? And, and a sway bar here and there, and it just keeps going from there. Uh, um, so since then, I've driven just about anything. Had a couple Honda S two thousands, RX eight, C five Corvettes. Um, I've been instructing in the San Diego region for I want to say five or six years. So I've gotten to to drive quite a lot of things. Um, so the NSX is really the last in a fairly long line of, of cars, but, um, in my life, it was one of the first dream cars I ever had. Okay. Um, so, you know, growing up child of the eighties and nineties, you know, everything was wedge shaped supercar with pop-up headlights, right? Right. (laughs) Um, and, and the NSX made an impression. It was in the video games. It was, um, you know, up on the bedroom poster for all those years. Right. So it, it's 
I'm very grateful to finally be in in the position and have the opportunity come up about five years ago to get one. Um, and I was even more surprised um, or delighted rather that it was actually a good autocross car. Yeah, and yeah. Driven a lot of things. You know, when you when you play in this game long enough in autocross or tracks or whatever, you, you get to drive cars that have been prepped. Sure. And they spoil you oh, because yeah. everything from the factory pales in comparison to something that's set up really well. Right, right. <laughs> right? And so there's times you hop in a new Porsche or BMW or something, and you're all excited, and it's like, eh, it's kind of understeery. It doesn't really rotate. It, right. You know, it's not quite as sharp as this, you know, 1989 CRX with, you know, 500 pound springs. And, right, right. You know, 10 years of, of fussing with it. Um, so my, my, my delight with the NSX was out of the box. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, slow by today's standards. But just the way it drove was, wow, wow, they really knew what they were doing. Right, right. Um, and that's what got me down the slippery slope of developing their car. I was like, okay, there's something here that's actually quite good. We just need to bring the performance level up to modern standards, and let's let's see how well it can do. Um, cue the last three, four years of you know throwing suspension and springs and aligning it every couple of weeks, and oh... <laughs> So, Slippery slope again. Do you have to align it all the time, or is it because you're changing stuff around <laughs> that you do it? Because I don't think it would fall off alignment pretty quick, right? No, it's actually been one of the most stable cars in terms of alignment that I've ever owned. Okay. So I've been doing my own alignments for you know about 10, 12 years because, again, when you get real deep in this, you kind of have to. Right, right. right. It gets very impractical to set up at a, an appointment and pay $150 every couple of weeks, right? So you right you know and, and run you, a piece of string between two jack stands and figure it out and right? you have to if you want to take it to a place you know you have to go to find a place of pet boys or even on a private person who kind of knows what they're doing because you're probably yeah. asking them to do stuff that's out of spec and exactly. a lot of those alignment machines um i i did some of that back in my earlier days um won't allow you to align to exceed, you know, exceed the, whatever yeah. the manufacturer's ex, uh, uh, specifications are so you got to find yeah. somebody who's willing to either either has a machine that can do it mm -hmm. or if they have one that can do it is then willing to do it because there's always liability and a bunch of liability other BS that goes exactly. into it. Right. So, exactly. so yeah, at some point whole you, conversation about why. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's 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 no longer in warranty. My insurance company doesn't need to know about this. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All, all that other stuff. So, um, yeah. The, the other thing you figure out when you when you start doing it yourself is you can actually get much more precise than most of the machines. Sure, sure. Um, you know, with just a piece of string and two jack stands, yeah. uh, it'll take you forever, but you will get a degree of accuracy that the machines can't really replicate. And, and it'll take you forever the first time, and then the more you do it, the less yeah. time it takes. Right. Yes. <laughs> you, you're, you're looking at the me first like, dozen times. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it does. It, but but it's it's a skill, and once you have the skill, yes. Um, especially with when you're doing the same car over and over and over again. Exactly. Um, yeah. You learn the quirks of that chassis and exactly. you know, what it wants to do, and how many times you should roll it back and forth before it takes a set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The rolling um, it back and forth. You know, I I never wanted to. Once I got it right, I didn't want to roll it back and forth because if it was wrong, I'd have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You'd rather not know. <laughs> I'd rather yeah. be you know, ignorance is bliss. You know why do I have to roll it back and yeah. forth? You know, oh, that's too <laughs> too funny. So so you said it's is is it for the at the XS class now? Is this is mm -hmm. this car one of the front runners in this class on a typical on a typical day? Uh, locally, yes. Nationally, I was very encouraged too when I went to, went out to nationals in in September. Right. You know, the the times I was seeing the car could could almost get there. Okay. Um, the driver let it down in a few places. I wasn't terribly disappointed. I felt I drove well sure. for, for my le level, but I think the car definitely has potential there. Um, I think it has a few things going for it and a few things going against it. So one, it's it is very light. So right. the car as it is now sits at about twenty six sixty. Right. Um, at race weight without driver. Right. Um, and it still has air conditioning. So, yeah, not <laughs> wrong with that. You you had to, yeah, you drive it back and forth to the racetrack exactly. in Southern I, California. I value driver comfort. You know, in a yeah. hot grid, blast AC, let the driver cool down a little. Oh, I thought only the the old round guys did that. I thought I was only the only one who was putting the AC <laughs> on on the grid. Thank you. I'm so glad. Uh, <clears throat> so um, so the the car's pretty light. Yeah. 
you know, I think it has fantastic geometry um, okay. because it can't really fit that much tire. I only have a 235 tire up front. Right. But I think it uses that tire very efficiently. Okay. Um, and so you'll hear me use it as an excuse of like, oh, I don't have enough front tire. But like in reality, I'm not, I'm not dissatisfied with the level of front grip. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have a drawer uh, labeled on your toolbox excuses? No, that's in my back pocket. Oh, okay. Right? That's okay. not going to be in the toolbox. You carry that with you. You might get caught, you know, walking in paddock somewhere. Like you gotta, gotta have, <laughs> have it ready. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, so uh, you you mentioned starting with the CR CRX, right? Civics or CRX? Uh, no, it was a Civic. Okay, I've Civic. Some CRXs. So so back in the day, I I my dad was a mm -hmm. CR, CRX guy, and I I've raced Civics, and and so I'm a, I'm a Honda guy, and you know yeah. Honda guys look at Acuras and say it's just a Honda. You know, and yeah. and for a lot of those cars, it is. You know, the the Integra, they're just Hondas with a little bit of different this or a little bit of different that. The under the hood, the suspension, the way they work, mm. all very much the same. Um, is there anything on the NSX that <laughs> that that acts or treat or looks at all like like your Civics that you were running? Yeah, so I, I think superficially there are some, you know, there's like switch gears, you know, your your power windows, you know, that stuff looks sure. shared. There's, I would say, most of the car is pretty bespoke. So okay. there's, you don't see parts necessarily that are the same. Okay. But you do see a philosophy there, like a design philosophy of how they lay stuff out, you know, how they organize things, what bolts they will choose to use in certain places. Right, right. Right. That feels very familiar. Sure. Right. Like. You'll go in, and I haven't read the manual on how to take out a, you know, the alternator or whatever. But I'll just grab a 14 millimeter and a, you know, and voila, look at it. It's laid out the same way it would be in any other Honda, even though no other Honda shares this particular arrangement. Sure. Um, and I think that part, that part, I do in, really enjoy about working on the cars. You get to learn this side of it that's, you know, under the skin a little. Right. Um, you get to see that there's an attitude about how they designed it that does carry over from the other Hondas, right? And having had Civics and SU-1000s, right. you see there is a lineage there. It's really, really enjoyable. So is it as easy to work on, although it's a different beast? as the? Because mm. that's the thing. I, I was considering the new club spec. Uh, I am considering sure. the new club spec. Um, and after wrenching on Hondas for 30 years, the idea of learning Mazda is, and, and everyone <laughs> yeah. tells me it's not a big deal. They're, they're, they're <clears throat> equally simple, but they are different. You know, I right. know what wrench to grab to do this job with a Honda. I would have to yeah. learn which wrench to grab to do the same job <laughs> yeah, on a exactly. Mazda. And I, do, I just don't have a huge desire to do that. Um, but it's hard for me to argue with Mazda's support of the club and all these different classes mm -hmm. and the stuff that's out there for them. Um, um, so is the NSX a big de departure as far as the ease of working on it, even though it's very, very different? Um. I think there are some things where the mid-engine layout does make access more difficult. Sure. Um, but as a whole, I do feel like one thing I appreciate as I turn more wrenches on it is they did think about the maintainability of it. They, that right. was something I felt like Honda really valued, certainly in those days. Yeah. Um, right. They thought about how a mechanic is going to work on this, how maintainable it's going to be. And I think I see a lot of those in the details when I work on the NSX. There's so it wasn't built by German Indentations engineers. in the body to allow you to swing a wrench. And oh. you're like, there's no other reason for this little gap. Here. Right, right. <laughs> right. It is perfectly sized for the wrench. I'm going to have to sneak through this. Sure. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think it's still a car made in 1990, yeah. right? So it is quite a bit simpler than a modern modern car sure you know, I, sure the vehicle i had right before the nsx was a 2004 rx8 okay and i think that was harder to work on there was just more stuff right right you know, that you had to peel back and more components and more computers and electronics and things like that so yeah yeah i think it's it's intimidating because of the value of sure. the car and you know how hard it is to find parts but yeah it, it really does feel like a 90s honda yeah that's cool that's cool. Yeah, I have a friend had had a friend have a friend who uh, he's a Volkswagen guy, and mm. um, um, the, the the stuff I've helped him with his car, I I, I just said to myself that the, the engineer who built this has never had to fix a car. <laughs> 
in their yeah. entire life. I do not. I have pudgy small hands. I'm the guy that go to put their hand in a spot because my hand's the only one that fits. Okay. No fit. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just I got tiny hands. Um. And and when my hand can't get to it, I am like, there's just no human possibility without like, yeah. like fabricating a tool to get to this spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and then I realized, oh yeah, that's what Snap-on makes a million dollars for or any of the tool truck <laughs> yeah. guys that you know, they've made one tool to fit this bolt on this car and they'd love to sell it to me for $195. Yeah. Um so. I wouldn't I wouldn't blame only Snap. That is that is a very German sort of philosophy well, no, no, no. when it comes to their cars it's a german right? like, philosophy that snap-on and Maco and and all they take advantage of take it. full advantage take of full it. advantage of it. no <laughs> yes. question no no i'm not blaming snap-on i'm snap-on is actually brilliant if you're a mechanic who's got to do that work every day that 195 ninety-five dollar tool is is worth every single penny of it yeah um so it's oh not, God, yeah. I, I i i take i i give those guys full credit for saying we're going to make a tool and make everybody's life easier but but for the guy who doesn't have to do that that every day like gosh why do i have to spend the money on this tool <laughs> um which is which is kind of funny all right so how about driving the thing is it is it is as fun as it looks because it looks like a hoot it's awesome so i think and you know i I had a bit of a journey with this because i did get a chance to to drive a, a first generation nsx Probably seven or eight years ago, okay. and I, I kind of didn't like it uh, at the time. I was driving an SU thousand, and the NSX felt, you know, it felt big. It felt heavy. The steering rack was really slow. Like mm. it felt like a Civic steering rack. How many times do you have to sure, turn the sure. wheel? Yeah, I'm like, this is still a dream car. I still want this, but maybe this is an in addition to an autocross car, not right you know, the autocross car. And I feel like, in retrospect, I wasn't a good enough driver to understand how the car wants to be driven. Got it. So the car really likes rotation. It doesn't doesn't like a lot of rotation. It will spin on you very quickly. Right. But when you get the back end moving, suddenly the really slow, heavy steering doesn't matter anymore. Sure. Right? Because you're just dancing around neutral and you're steering with your right foot. Um and the car does that so delightfully from the factory. You get into these beautiful four-wheel neutral steer slides from Apex A. It's just the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Um, and part of why I spend so much time working on the setup now is trying to replicate that. Yeah. Because as soon as I put on the big modern sticky tires, it all that disappears. Sure, sure, <laughs> right? sure. You know, now it's scraping the door handles, and now you have to change all the springs, and none yeah. of that handling, you know, you're, you're, you're chasing that image of, what Honda got right in terms of balance and and how easy the car was to adjust, right? Um, but there's still moments, right? So I there's moments where I can get in, get the car into that state, and it's just you're on throttle so early, rotating through the whole corner without having to make a ton of corrections. It's it's beautiful. It's one of the best handling cars I've driven. Yeah, it's just tricky once you start messing with all the variables. Sure, sure. <laughs> Is is it pretty much a single gear autocross car? You you've got one gear that you pop yes. it into and go. Yeah. So the one of the big weaknesses with a stock car was the American version of the NSX had a eighty four mile an hour second gear. Ooh. Which, you know, when it makes two hundred and seventy horsepower at the crank, it's just right. Right. <laughs> not great. No. <laughs> not great. So. It's it's had some transmission work to shorten all the gears down. It it now tops out about seventy two seventy three. Okay. Um, which is about perfect for autocross. Sure. Like there's, I'll tap the limiter sometimes, but right. other than that, it's so it's perfect. Just... And, the, and the engine's torquey, so I low yeah. end. Unlike most Hondas, <laughs> it right. has some low end grunt. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's got the legs up top. It's a pretty good spot right now. Yeah, yeah. How much more development are you going to do on it? <laughs> um, the, mil the million so there's, dollar there's, question. Well, I, it is an interesting question because I don't think I want to keep it going down this slippery slope too far. Uh, I don't want to make it an out and out race car, right? Because I, I really enjoy driving on the street. I think it's comfortable. I think it's just a joy compared to a modern car to just how tactile it is and how brilliant the, the gear shift is. I love driving on the street, so I don't want to, you know gut the thing and cage it and you know, turn it into a race car. Sure, sure. But I do think there's a couple major weaknesses left to address. First is power. Um, it's making about 250 at the wheels now, and 
it's it's pretty fast, but yeah. compared to the other monsters in Extreme sure. Street, it's a little down on power. Um, and then besides that, I think it's just continued iteration on on the the tire and the suspension and getting all right. that optimized. I, I think I'm getting pretty close on that. So, is the NSX like other Hondas, where all the power's in the head? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, yes and no. So. I think the general consensus is naturally aspirated. Honda got basically everything they're gonna you're gonna get out right. of it, um, and you really just need to go to force induction at that point, got or it. or down crazy street and like stroke and stroke the engine, sure. start messing with the internals. Right. Um, but the the heads flow extremely well from the factory. I don't think it's quite at the level as like a modern K series, right? Sure. But, you know, for what it is for a 1990s car. Yeah, for 1990s, that's for sure. Yeah. So, if you were to go and play, would it, would it be forced <clears throat> induction? Is that is that the next step? Yes. Okay. Um. So I have a couple secret projects in the works. Ooh. We'll see if they succeed. I don't want to talk about them until they do. <laughs> Let's fail in secret. <laughs> oh no, I, I understand that one. I understand that one. Um, wh- um. How does that work on a mid-engine car? Where do you force the induction from? <laughs> ah, so. It, in the early 90s, um, CompTech actually made a kit, which okay. ooh, other kits started to model on. You just drop a blower on top, right? It's just like an old V8, right? Okay. You just put, yeah. a, put a root-style blower on top of the intake manifold and you know, run a belt to it, and you're good to go. Okay, okay. Um, no, not too easy, or not too difficult. Nah. No, in, nah. in the grand scheme of the world. Yeah, of all the crazy things you could do with a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know. You could drop a, you know... LS3 Corvette motor in it. <laughs> I mean, the easy the easy button really is a a a K series swap. Okay. Right. Like a four cylinder K series can actually make more power than this V6. Okay. Right, and that just speaks to just how far developed the sure. K was as a Honda engine. Right. Yeah. It's like it, it really is one of the best engines ever made, in my opinion. Like that's the easiest way to do it. I'd lose weight as well. Yeah. <laughs> and and because um, it's a smaller. A smaller footprint, right? It's just the whole thing smaller. Mm-hmm. It's smaller. It's less weight. Makes more power. It's more efficient. And it, you can turbo them to the moon. Makes it easier to work uh, on them because you've got more room in that engine bay. <laughs> it, may, it may. It may. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but for the moment, it's you know there is some emotional affection sure. to that V6, that very special engine that Honda put so much work into, and you know how it fits with the car. Um. And the fact is, I don't think I need 500 horsepower. Right. Right. The car's pretty fast. You know, their philosophy when they made it was was to keep the whole package balanced. Sure. Um, and I agree with that. I think if it, you know, if it just has an extra 500 horsepower, that probably be good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and the other part is, you know, I always struggle with this idea of do you buy a piece for a class, or do you run mm. what you love? You know, mm-hmm. and and in, in none of us are getting rich doing this. There's no, there's no <laughs> yeah. world championships. There's no million dollar prize at the end of solo nationals. Um, we, we would love to have the tra- the jacket and the trophy and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but there's something to be said to 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 run what you love, and you clearly yes. have a place in your heart for this car in somewhat you know, to run it somewhat in the way it was designed from the factory. Absolutely. I think that's one of the appeals of the extreme street category. Yeah. Right. It's, it is such an open rule book that it, you know, there's no jacket. We're not, none of us are taking it that seriously. Right. right. But it, there's so much freedom in the rule set that you can just pick something that you love and you don't have to make excuses for it anymore. Right. You just invest as much or as little as you want. Sure. And for me, you know, I do love this car. Again, it was childhood bedroom yeah. poster. You know, it was, I thought I had missed my chance too with the prices skyrocketing, right? And I just lucked into this sure. this deal. Um, and it would be such a shame to not run it, right. right? And the more I drive it and the more I learn about how it wants to be driven, um, the more I even appreciate, you know, what the designers did and what the car is. Right. And and it's, I think I've taken it in its development further than I would any other car because I love it. Right, right. 
right? There's times where I was talking about how, how it's easy to work on. I think some of that is going to be rose-colored glasses, right? Right, Because there are times where I'm in, on my back in the garage, you know, swearing at the thing sure. just like any other car, right? But because I love the car so much right. and I love what I can do with it, Sure. You know, you, you kind of you kind of forget about that. Right. And, it, and right. it sounds like from what you're saying, you also don't think you've you've really dr- driven it to its full potential yet. Correct. So, so you've I've, got I've some moments. personal learning left to do. Yes. Which is also part of the challenge. Yeah. And it's it's one of the more uh, I think it's one of the more rewarding things. I think that's something that. um I missed when I was doing carts that I get when I run cars. Right. A, a cart feels like a piece of equipment. Sure. Right. And in that way, it feels almost like a much more raw representation of who you are as a driver because it's just a direct translation of, of the things that you do. A car feels like an animal. Right. Right. It feels like a thing that you develop a relationship with. Right. Because there's things about you can't change. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And there's things that you ask it to do that it doesn't want to do. And, and, and you have to learn how to work with it as a partner. Right. Um, and to do that with your dream car is just a sure. magnificent experience. <laughs> well, and, and with a cart, it's pretty clear for every particular cart what you need to make the cart itself its best. You know, those mm. are all really sorted. You know, you go to any, you, 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 the Tony cart, there, there is the hot setup, this, 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 and you know what it is. And then it's really all about the driver. Um, yeah. Whereas with, with any car, um, it's there's a lot more variable to it that uh, you can you can throw into it. There's very few cars that just are perfectly sorted when you get them, you know. Um, and and so that's I think the the carts are an interesting. I love watching them, um, but they're almost like a spec class, you know, because you know exactly what you need to do to make the cart as good as it can be, and then you just have to work on yourself until you get yourself there. Um. I think I would I would agree with that philosophically. I think in practice it's still complex enough that very few of us, you know, truly sure. optimize the setups. I can hear Lefty um, yelling at me through the TV right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little harder than we're making it. <laughs> I'm waiting for a, a, a text message from Lefty. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. So, I I think there you know there is definitely that depth there. Yeah. Um, I just never felt that connection with the vehicle sure. as if it were like a separate thing that I right. need to have a relationship with. Right. Um, and I think that's what's so intriguing about some cars, and that's what I enjoying. I'm enjoying so much about this car. Yeah. No, no um, one's putting a shifter cart on their on their wall as uh, on a poster at age 13, going, "This is what I want to drive for the rest of my life." <laughs> <laughs> so, I might be with you on that one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nothing against shifter carts, but um, yeah, no, there's definitely. Now, if I had one last autocross run, it'd be in a shifter cart for sure. Really? Yeah. All right. All right. But if I have to live with something, it's not a cart. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is true. That is true. All right. So, so let's move on to the real reason I brought you into uh, onto the show. Um, and uh, I, I was really when I when I decided to go to nationals this year, and I was told in no uncertain terms mm. that I had to compete. Because I, ha- I didn't plan to. Yes. When I decided to go, I'm like, yeah, we're just going to do come to the podcast and have a good time and like we do at the runoffs. And and I don't know who the first person was. It might have been Lefty or it might have been it might have been Hayward. And like, well, if you're going to go, you got to drive. I'm like, I don't have a car to drive. He goes, sure you do. You know, I, every car can be driven here. I'm like, I have a Honda Fit and it's an automatic and it's, you know, the CVT <laughs> and it is the worst. It, 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 it must have. I'm, I'm going to say it because I was last in the slowest class in, in the in the whole competition. It is the worst car that was at the run or that at solo nationals by far. <laughs> it, it was the slowest car. And um, uh, it has drum brakes in the back, a CVT transmission, um, a guy who's 100 pounds heavier than he should be. Uh, on on not the best tires. I, I had everything wrong, but I had a good time. Um, but when I decided to go out there, and you, and you made it home, I did. I'm sure there's some prepped car that had to be pushed onto a trailer, not on its own power. <laughs> Although I will tell you that coming home, I, I went the southern route. We can talk about this too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, coming home, I took the northern route because it was a little faster. And uh, coming down the hill through the Rockies, uh, I overcooked mm. the front brakes. I still had my autocross. They were they're the they're, oh. they're they're made for street. I, I still have them on the car now. Yes. They're, they're not they weren't like race only brakes, um, but clearly they weren't made with all of the weight I had in that car <laughs> to go downhill 
at 70 miles an hour, slowing down to 50 every now and then. And uh, they started making a noise like I had a flat tire and I couldn't understand it. And I got out all the tires fully filled. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. So I literally had to coast down almost the rest of the hill and really slow. Um, I felt I had semis going past me because they were able to go down the hill faster than I was. Um, And then they cooled off and I've never had that problem again. So I don't understand it. But anyway, (laughs) but I did make it home. Uh, That was my my wife said, you've got two two goals at solo nationals yes get there and get home with a car that hey, it's funny four those wheels. are my goals too <laughs> exactly with a car that still has four wheels on it that has not been on its lid i'm like okay yeah i, I think that's a good goal so um but when i started planning this i'm like okay i have to get my my set of wheels i've got to get all mm. my tools i've got to get my clothes and i've got to bring all the podcast stuff um, which is two or three cases and a tripod, and yeah. it's it's not an insignificant amount of stuff. And I'm trying to figure out how am I going and, and that car was literally, I had a little gap in the top where I could get a, a view out the rearview mirror. I was loaded to the brim, <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and nobody could sit next to me. I, I could not have had a passenger going back and forth Yeah, because my cooler was on the front floor of the car, next to me so you my friend though i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna start with the picture i'm gonna call it up here um you have figured out a way to do this um and carry all of your gear back and forth to the racetrack um in and on (laughs) the (laughs) (laughs) mostly on (laughs) mostly on so um I guess necessity is the 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 the, the, <laughs> yes. the invention, whatever that phrase is. Um, mother of invention. Yes, yes, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, so how, you've got all of this. So so for for those of folks who are listening to the podcast and not watching, um, Edwin has devised a a extruded aluminum rack for the mm-hmm. back behind the wheel on top of the engine bonnet behind in front of the wing and on that are two of the Milwaukee packouts and two wheels do you yes. do you drive the other two wheels or are are the other two wheels yes. inside with you i drive on them okay. so what what prompted this madness <laughs> <laughs> and it's madness let was, me tell you you know the about a year ago this time is when i decided i was going to uh, return to nationals. Okay. Uh, my friend Danny Danny Ko was thinking of retiring from autocross. This was going to be his last one, first one out in a while. You know, there's a bunch of us who started around the same time in DC region who were going to come out for the first time in a while. So I, I had to go. Um, and it was the 50th anniversary, and right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and what I've what I realized very quickly is just going to and from local events, I get about 3,000 miles out of a set of rear tires. So the okay. NSX has a has a rear tire habit that's like pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I looked at the map and I was like, okay, so Nationals is about sixteen hundred miles away. <laughs> exactly. Is that gonna work? <laughs> huh. You get there. I don't think. And when I say three thousand miles, I don't mean three thousand miles in the tread's gone. I mean three thousand miles in the recorded. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't want to have a new set and burn half of it driving out there right. and then not be able to make it home. So I have to solve the problem of how do I carry a, at least a set of rear tires um, halfway across the country. Right. And it takes about five minutes to attempt to put them in the car and realize that's, that's that not going to work. Right, right. <laughs> that's not so, going to happen. So inside the car, because I've not looked under the hood, or so is it a frunk up front? No. So, so what's up front? It had... Up front is a is a cavity in which there used to be a spare tire. Okay. You know, in the 1990s, sure. we had spare tires. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but the car came from the factory on 15-inch wheels. Okay. So that cavity is not remotely large. And, it, and the spare was a folding, like the collapsible sidewall spare. Sure, so sure. there's not remotely, maybe a room for a tool, toolbox up there. Okay. okay. Um, and that's what I have, a little toolbox for emergency roadside stuff. And then in the back? It's got a trunk. Okay, is it is it behind the mid engine? I'm guessing. Yes. So right yes. in front of the tail. One reason why the car is so long. Sure, is sure. They, they wanted a you know okay. golf bag. Yep. 
size. I trunk. had a Fiero, um, and it so it's the same kind of setup with the with the trunk behind the engine. So okay, yeah, cool. yeah. And then the front seat next to you, and that's not remotely large enough to fit a rear tire. I could fit a front tire, but I have no problem driving on the front tires. I right. can go through three sets of rears for every one set of front. Got it. Okay. And then how much room is behind the seats when you're because you're not terribly tall, right? Uh, no, I am not, but there basically is not much. I could fit maybe a laptop bag behind me, okay. like a backpack, okay. that type of thing. Uh, one tire could fit in the passenger seat. <laughs> okay. But not the right. So yeah, but you need to fit two. And in... no. so I did, <laughs> I did consider having three of the same rear tire and then rotating them throughout the trip. Oh my gosh. That sounds like work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so you've got your tools and stuff in the packouts, mm -hmm. um, two rear tires on the back, um, and then you're on, on whatever your regular street tires are for the back tires for the front to, to get back and forth. Or, yeah, regular street tires for the, right. the and back then you're racing tires for the rubber front. on the front. Okay. Yes, and then obviously I'm guessing all of your personal stuff in the front seat next to you. Um, <laughs> yeah. And is there a jack called... involved in this anywhere? Oh yeah, so the jack, the jacks in the trunk. Okay. Uh, all the big heavy stuff, jack stands. Uh, I brought a little scooter that goes in the trunk. It's actually quite a large trunk. It just can't fit a whole yeah. tire. I'm gonna switch uh, to the video you sent me. Tell us real quick because it, it's a long video. We're just gonna let it roll for a little bit while we're talking. Um, wh where does this video? So this is a time lapse video of you making your drive across country in toward either to or from. Where 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 do we start and how long do we get in the 14 minutes? We won't get the whole 14 minutes in, but where does it start at? Uh, it starts in San Marcos, starts okay. from my from close to my home, and then it goes all the way to Lincoln. Okay, so and this is the so the, the whole, whole trip. Every whole minute trip, I was in the car. Got it, yeah. got it. And um, was um, which route did you take? Um, so I actually went off the freeway. I the last time I was at Nationals in 2011, okay. I was moving from DC to San Diego. So okay. I went to Nationals, you know, said goodbye to all my friends, and then kept going west. <laughs> and in my little S2000 at the time, I took this route through the Rockies that was one of the most beautiful drives sure, ever done. Sure. It's the, the Million Dollar Highway, if you know what that is, right, right. Um, between Ray Silverton. Absolutely gorgeous. And so I was like, hey, if I'm going back out there, let me let me take the same route the other way. Um, so went through, let's see, went through Arizona, New Mexico, down into, I think, Durango, Colorado is kind of where, where we start hitting the Rockies. Okay. And then went up north, um, up that same route. Timed it perfectly for the for the sun coming down. Nice, it's just gorgeous. Um, one of the most beautiful drives ever. Actually, I take the back. The most beautiful drive I've ever cool. done. You know, in this beloved car of mine, it was sure. it was quite a romantic moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, I, we just started looking at the video here, and uh, I saw this. Uh, on your either YouTube or Facebook or whatever it was, and just had I was like, I'm gonna. I'm, why am I watching this? I'm like seven minutes in. I'm like, why am I still watching this? I'm like twelve minutes in. <laughs> it's just, it's oddly mesmerizing. It is really really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. So, how many days did you take to get out there? Uh, three days, two nights. Okay. Um, so I had one quick stop in Phoenix just to make an easy first day and it felt smart to shake everything down sure. and still be in civilization. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the day, day two was the big one all the way through the Rockies. Yeah. Um, stopped just outside Denver. Okay. And the last day into Lincoln was nice and easy. Yeah. Like just eight hours or so on the last day. Yeah. So going out, I, I made it to, cause I left after work on Friday mm -hmm. and I made it to Kingman, on uh kingman the first night went through mm -hmm. a hellacious uh windstorm just outside of uh arizona i mean like like i th there were trucks pulling over and and wow. yeah it, it was and no rain just just straight line winds it was nuts. just wind wow it was just nuts and i got out and i tried to take a video at the gas station while i was pumping and you could see my hair flying but you couldn't hear me saying anything because the <laughs> yeah. wind was so loud it was overpowering the phone it was crazy and then um the second night um i decided to go all the way out uh, into new mexico and then up through uh o oklahoma right. and kansas or into texas i guess and then up north yeah and uh because i'd never been that way before 
and I just wanted to kind of see that part of the country, and it reminded me a lot. I grew up in Wisconsin of, you know, farm country in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It was just miles and miles and miles of farm country, which is cool. And uh, I ran into, in a little tiny town in Oklahoma, uh, I'm at a stoplight, and this truck pulls up next to me and starts honking its horn, and I'm like, oh, no, what's wrong with my car? And I rolled down yeah. the window, <laughs> and uh, the guy was r- running with us in, in Lincoln, saw the inside the SCCA bumper sticker on the back yeah. of the car. We pulled over, chatted for a few minutes, and we ended up staying in the same hotel that night in Kansas um, and had dinner together and a uh, really nice couple. And yeah, uh, yeah. just met, met him on the side of a road in a little tiny two-lane highway in Oklahoma. I'm yeah, like, yeah. this guy's going to pull out a shotgun and I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> he sees he sees a California license plate and he's like, I'm going to take care of that, con- that the guy from California. Yeah. No, just the nicest people. Um, uh, and then I came back out. I went all the way through to um, uh, somewhere in uh, whatever the last city in Colorado is on the way home. I w- made it there the first night. Um, is it not Grand Junction? Maybe it is Grand Junction. Grand Junction is. It's on hmm. eighty. I feel like it's on the other side of the, the Rockies. It is. It's like it's, it's right on the border. It's like yeah. the last town before you get to Utah. Uh, so I made yeah, it there yeah, the yeah. first night, and um, and then made it home the second night because I had to make it home in two nights. And oddly, that was a better trip. Two two ten and a half, eleven hour days was better than the fourteen hour day I did in the middle, trying to make the last day into Lincoln an easy day. Um, I'm not going to do a 14 hour day <laughs> yeah. again. That was just stupid. <laughs> so did you have any challenges once you, once everything got out there, you know, you had the stuff on the back and, and, um, any challenges? Um, for the most part, no. So I had been testing the setup throughout the year. Right. Cause that's, um, I saw it first at, at Lake Elsinore. Exactly. Right. So locally I don't really need to do that, but right. I wanted to, you know, validate everything. Hey, it's, you know, it's my own handiwork, so I don't trust anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I want to put a lot of miles on. I mean, that is that is actually part of why I do like driving the car. It's even at such a high level of prep. There's a lot of testing and validation if you just drive it sure. all the time. Yeah. Right. You you could you could encounter the failures in less uh, less critical situations. Right. Right. So everything had held up pretty well because you know I had worked out how I was tying everything down. I had worked out you know how to distribute the weight. Um, you know how to load and unload the thing. Um, so by the time nationals rolled around, that was that part of it was fairly routine. What I did have issues with was I had recently, I think a month before Nationals, went to a standalone engine management um, for the purpose of running E85. So the tune was, um, it was great for like racing, but like all the other stuff needed some time to work out the quirks, right? And something that I had not thought about being that I live in Southern California was altitude. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so as I was heading into the Rockies, the last fuel stop, uh, um, filled up the car, went in, crank, no start, crank, no start. Oh. And there's a line forming behind me. So it's like wonders. <laughs> right? So I barely managed to get the thing kind of just bump started out of the way, pulled over to the side. And, you know, there I am in the middle of Colorado with my laptop out trying to figure out if the thing went at more fuel or less fuel. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, so did you put a different, a different management on it on the way home, knowing that you were going to be having to deal with that? Yeah, actually, throughout that whole week in Lincoln, every time I started the car, I was rolling data and trying to adjust based off of that. Um, uh, to this day, I'm still doing that. It's just it gives you an appreciation for what the OEMs do. Sure, right? all sure. the different conditions the car is in, and it just fires up all the time. Right. You know, when you're responsible for the tune, you realize that you know all the temperature changes and the ethanol content changes and the barometric pressure. Change, all of that stuff matters. Yeah. Um, I'm still mesmerized by your video. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the rock. I, I will admit there are times where I'm working and I just throw it on in the background and yeah. you know just glance over at it every so often. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Pretty fun. Yeah. So um are you gonna go back to nationals this year? Yes. Are you gonna do it the um, same way? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I just I love driving the car. Yeah. I'm a romantic about what the car means, you know, to to people, right? And the freedom it gives you. And there's something about driving it and yeah. not having to build infrastructure around it sure. <laughs> right? sure um that that still gives me that emotional connection and it's yeah the car would be faster if i trailed it but yeah so um, so i see you stopping at gas stations on your video How, what was that yeah. conversation starter like when you're sitting <laughs> at there pumping gas oh boy there's a conversation every guest of course <laughs> every time you stop every time you stop of there's course. a conversation um 
Everybody loves it. Yeah. And I think there's something about it where it's like, it just looks so stupid and crazy. It does. <laughs> that, you know, you don't get any of the like, oh, look who's this guy in this fancy sports car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell are you doing? And it's covered in bugs and what is going on here? Uh, now, uh, you you made the rack, right? Yes. And it's the, uh, it's the different... As you might imagine, the market for this type of product doesn't really exist. It's pretty niche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the stuff that you just can bolt it together with the with the corner brackets, right? And then yeah, the extruded eighty yeah. twenty stuff. Um, um, and you used suction cups. Yeah, so I okay. use the sea suckers up front. There's two of them in the front. Um, each can support, I think, one hundred fifty pounds. Um, so there's quite a lot of safety margin built yeah. in. Um, so that just rests on 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 the trunk and the back uh, clamps to the wing. So okay. cl clamps to the wing uprights. Got it. Got um, it. Okay. So it uses like stage lighting clamps and I 3D printed some adapters and okay. it just, you know, quick release clamps to the wing. So the wing's primary purpose is actually to support the rest of the rack. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for you at the, at the autocross. The secondary purpose is to look cool and the tertiary is like, yeah, there's a little bit of downforce. A little bit of 60. downforce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, cause I had thought about, adding stuff to the fit to get some more space. And the two options yeah. I'd come up with was um, a receiver hitch with a little basket in the back would be mm -hmm. one thing that I could put all, you know, all of my, my stuff that could get wet um, or yeah. one of those uh, cargo <clears throat> things across cargo the top. Carrier yeah. Yeah. Pod with, things, with yeah. the, with the roof rack kind of thing. And um, although I think I'm going to, I might add one of those to the setup, the roof rack. And, yeah, extend the rack a little, and, and then have a couple of suction cups on the on the roof, and have um, have a pod up there. And yeah. just bring a little bit more. You know, I, I think the the obvious question really is like, why not just get a little trailer? Could you could you tow a trailer behind it? Um, I mean, it's you're not in warranty anymore, so you don't have to worry this, about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the complications is the car's all aluminum. Okay. So welding stuff is almost right kind of a no-go and so then you're in cutting and bolting stuff and i don't um, think reese hitch made a you know like you said this is not a market for putting hitches at the back of right, banana right. <laughs> right so you'd have to fabricate one which is not the biggest deal um i just don't like towing small trailers yeah <laughs> I, I did that when i was in carts um they're just a bit of a pain um it's it's it feels almost as much of a hassle as a big truck and a big trailer right well, and there's right. there's some safety considerations with that. They're hard to see from other cars. You know, yeah. other cars aren't expecting a trailer on the back of an NSX. <laughs> yes. So they might try to sneak in behind you real quick as you're going past them and then realize, oh, crap, there's something I can't be I can't yeah. be sneaking in behind you. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I, I can I can get that being a problem or at least a consideration as well. So, um well, I gotta tell you, Edwin. I like I said when I first saw you at that first autocross and all of this stuff, <laughs> and I was like, I don't understand. I was literally, literally scratching my head. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. Where is, where is his friend with the pickup truck, or where is his pickup truck? Or I thought maybe the pickup truck was like, you know, you, you dropped your stuff and then you drove the pickup truck elsewhere in the parking drove, yeah. lot so people could have <laughs> parked it away. Yeah. yeah. And then at the oh, end, oh no, I'm not that courteous. Uh, well, I, well, most of us aren't, but you know, I don't know you well enough. Maybe you're the nicest guy who's ever been to a racetrack. <laughs> but um, and then when we were done, and it was like a hundred and what was that, a hundred and eight degrees that day. It was a hot day. Oh, I remember it was that, yeah. brutal. Um, and I'm you know taking my time putting my stuff in the back of my car, and and um, and I'm like, he's putting, is he is he is that all going? That can't be all. Oh my gosh, he's. All that stuff's going to go. It's all on the back of that car. <laughs> that's literally how my brain was working, watching you get get, yeah. put, get yourself put together. And that's why I think when I walked over and introduced myself and said, you're nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, and but now I understand the method to your madness. You wanted to you wanted to go to Lincoln, and you needed a, a way to do it. And I just love the ingenuity of um, of people who do what we do, and. Uh, and when you really want to find a way to get it done, you just find a way to get it done. Yeah. So, um, and, and I do love that about this community yeah. where there's a lot of people doing crazy things. And then when you talk to them, it's like, oh, I, I understand that reasoning. Yeah. 
Well, and, and it's funny. Anywhere I, else in life, it would make no sense. I bet you nobody <laughs> at Lincoln questioned you once when you came through. Like, oh, that, like, makes, oh, no, perfect that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and I probably should have never questioned you either when I saw you at Lake Elsinore, <laughs> but but because I just it was just so absurd. But then when it was done, yeah. it made perfect sense. When you had it all put together, if I had seen you roll in that way, mm-hmm. then it would have been like okay. But I was, I just couldn't conceptualize in my brain <laughs> how all that yeah. stuff was going to end up. Uh, in however and then when you got it done I'm like oh my god that is the coolest thing I've ever seen so uh, I'm gonna put the picture back up one more time here be- before I before I say goodbye but uh, yeah so there's there's the stuff again folks that's the the two pack outs the two rear wheels I guess uh, the jacks and stuff are in the trunk um, all of your your I'm sure like, huge suitcase of personal gears in the front seat with you <laughs> yeah um, that is so cool yeah anyway uh, do you want to thank some folks as you get out? I'm sure you've got some some people who you've been trying to pick their brains or get <clears throat> parts from. Anybody want to oh, thank? Oh, wow. Um, Infinite Motion in San Marcos, Gavin Rennie at Infinite Motion, huge supporter of the car. Uh, it's been at their shop even before my ownership, so they've, they've taken care of me with uh, you know, a lot of shop time, letting me use their equipment, putting it up on racks, all the alignments I like to do um so big 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 shout out to them other than that you know it's i almost want to shout out like everybody in the secca that i know and i love you know the local san diego region that you know this little family of wackos doing all this nonsense and (laughs) helping each other support our crazy endeavors that we can't explain to anyone else oh we can't (laughs) um and and just the joy of going to nationals and being amongst you know 1400 of those people was 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 lovely um you know, if I want to leave it on anything, I would just encourage anybody listening to this, you know, come out and play, right? It's it's such an awesome community. You know, you to have this kind of conversation where we're geeking out about stuff like the NSX and like the crazy things I'm doing about it, you can't have that anywhere else. Yeah, we just spent 52 like, minutes talking about your NSX and and then your crazy yeah. setup to get you back and forth to Nationals. Where else will you do yeah. that, right? And I, I think it's such such a great community that we can all have such different walks of life we all have different cars we like different things but we can all come together and understand each other through this 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 weird wacky sport yeah and and i just love it yeah it's a ton uh, and i'm grateful to, to be a part of it thank you edwin for joining me today uh had a blast and uh i look forward to seeing it a couple autocrosses here in southern california and then uh we'll uh, sure. we'll out uh, we'll, we'll, we'll I, I have every intention to go back to lincoln this year so uh maybe i'll follow you out this time awesome <laughs> Uh, 100% we can we can we can convoy up there there you go <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe to the Racing Wire Podcast Network, uh, also the Racing Network on YouTube, so you won't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you leave a comment, especially if it's a good one. You can follow us on social media to find out who our next guests are and leave questions. On Twitter, it's at RacingWireNet. There's a new Inside the SCCA every week. I'm Brian Bolanski. Have a fantastic weekend, and go play with cars. I'm Abby Shear, and when I'm on my way to an autocross, I listen to the Inside the SCCA podcast. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.